I'm your host, Michelle Durante. Great episode today. Episode number nine, UFOs. Is there anybody out there? And as always, brought to you by our sponsor, Automax LI. You can reach them at www.automaxli.com. Give them a call at 631-446-3234. All makes and models, auto leasing, auto financing, trade your vehicle, sell your vehicle. It's delivered right to your door. Maximum service, maximum savings. And let me tell you something, maximum satisfaction. I had to turn in my old lease. I contacted Automax LI on a Monday. On a Wednesday, I had a brand new lease just a great experience. Did it right from my computer. Car was delivered right to my door, and it was just uh, a pleasure. Gone are the days where you had to sit in the dealership. It's an all-day thing. You got to call this guy. You got to call that guy. You got to sweat it out. No, it's just taken care of. Everything is taken care of. So if you're looking for a new car or a leased car, just contact them, automaxli.com. It's a great, great little company. And you know what? You're supporting local business, which is even better. So guys, welcome to the Michelle Durante Show. I am your host, Michelle Durante, and welcome to all my listeners. We have a new fan. Big shout out to the new fan. We got Valerie from Canada, from 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 up north, from, from all the way up north. When they tell you about how we're going to get, you know, it, the weather is coming down from from Canada and it's freezing. You can blame Valerie from Canada. She sends all the cold weather down here. Just kidding. We're glad to have you, Valerie, from Canada. Um, and welcome again, guys. This is a great episode. I um, I spoke with author Sarah Scholes. She wrote a book called They Are Already Here, UFO Culture, Why We See Saucers. Phenomenal book. There's a lot of space stuff going on. We're sending uh, SpaceX is thinking of uh, pretty soon in the very near future, you can take a trip there. They're having space hotels up there. It's we didn't we didn't crowd the earth enough. So now we're going to go jam up space with towers and luxury hotels. But, um, you know, it, a lot of a lot of space going on in the news. And uh, and it, it's good in a way because it takes our mind off some other things. You know, you had um, the landing on Mars, and, and you see all the pictures, and they're looking to see if there was ever life. But also, UFOs, this has been a topic forever, forever. And uh, so Sarah's book, it's a great way to get acquainted with all the, the different types of personalities and the people involved in, in, you know, from scientists, from astronomers, to to just the regular, regular people who just are interested in this topic. They, they're a collective group. They, they just are very passionate. Sarah takes a little trip along the extraterrestrial highway, um, to the UFO watchtower, which is another great experience you can read about. She's, it, it was just a great book, a great conversation. You can check out her website, um, sarahscholes.com. Follow her on Twitter definitely check out her books. Phenomenal. And guys, I hope you uh, really enjoy. I thank you guys for listening to the Michelle Durante show. Please, uh, you know what? You can give us a little review. You want to hit us up? You just uh, you just uh, reach out to the Michelle Durante show at gmail.com with any of your suggestions. You Maybe you want to be a guest or whatever. That's fantastic. And, uh, and we do vet you, so don't worry. We're not going to have everybody, you know, we, we don't just let anybody on here. We have, I have a reputation to keep. It's not a very high one, 
but it's uh it's mine. And um you know, drop us a line, tell me what you what you think if you if you're a local business and you want to shout out, that's fine too. Um and like I said, really check out Sarah Skoll's book, follow her on Twitter and thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this episode. And so I I googled UFOs and books and stuff and yours came up. And I have to honestly say, this is like the best book to read, especially if you're somebody like me who's like not, you know, um, is new to this and you want to get like a basic idea of like what's going on, you know. Um, so the first thing is I, I did read this, this. I started your second book, Making Contact. So I kind of I'm going to ask the question anyway, but what actually interested you in this? This is amazing. In, in the UFO part of things? In the or? whole thing, yeah, like in the UFO thing. Like this is such a, it's a really, first of all, I will preface this. I've read every, I've read a bunch of your articles that's on your website, that are on your mm-hmm. website, and they're phenomenal articles. So you're, you, oh, thank you're you. a very good writer, very um, descriptive, and it's, it's, it's uh, interesting because you made this topic very understandable with a little bit of humor without making me feel like an idiot. Yeah, that's good. You know, I'm no stand-up comedian, but uh, I try. Yeah, I. Uh, so I, I was always interested in space from the time that I was like three years old or something obnoxious. I grew mm-hmm. up really close to Kennedy Space Center and was always watching shuttle launches like from my backyard. So you grew awesome. up in Florida? I did. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Just a little bit north of Orlando. Right by Cocoa and- Beach. Yeah, close yeah, to yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, so my went, parents did their honeymoon there. I actually went to visit there because I wanted to see the Tanas. I went to Cocoa Beach. Oh yeah, did you see a launch? Yeah, I didn't see a launch, but I saw this. I saw NASA when it was like in the, like in like nineteen seventy. I was little, but mm-hmm. I wanted to go back again and see it again as an adult. And it it was cool and everything. I I didn't see a launch though. That's got to be great. Yeah, it's very loud, very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, when I was like 12, the movie Contact came out. I don't mm-hmm. know if you saw that about a, a, yeah, a woman who's searching for aliens for her job. And I was just really fascinated that uh, somebody, you know, tried to answer the question, are we alone and got paid for it? And I was right, like, right, right. Thing. And uh, yeah, so then I was interested in, uh, yeah, aliens far out there. And then around 2017, I read this big New York Times article that came out about the D- Defense Department allegedly researching ufos and i was like it's interesting i'd never really thought about ufos but i was like well i wonder what's i wonder what's really going on here and then it's just uh you know it's a wormhole you get sucked in i did get i you do get sucked in you really do because i this some of the things i googled and when i googled your book it came up and um and like i said it seemed like a great place to start because and i'm quoting it it said um like you introduced me to the big wigs, the scrappy upstarts, the field investigators, the rational people, and the unhinged kooks. And it's like, but they were, and I, and, you know, it was a great introduction without an agenda, but it really, and that's the perfect way to describe it. Because, and, and um, there were so many different characters in there, and it was easy, and like, you do go into that wormhole. I tried to get in touch with, um, the Watchtower, the UFO Watchtower. Yeah, yeah. She's got a, she couldn't do a podcast because she signed a thing with the Discovery Channel. Oh, really? Yeah, you made yeah. her famous. She, she knows, she knows what she's up to. <laughs> she's no, yeah, like, savvy, so she, savvy businesswoman. She's a very yeah. savvy business. I, I went online, and that's what I'm saying. You get in the wormhole about, um, 
about all these different people. And that's what's like, oh, I'm going to get in the wormhole with, you know, I want to see what about her. She's probably running a small business. She might be struggling during the pandemic. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's signing contracts, right? And left. But it's a, it's a, and actually, and like, oh, even with the, um, the defense department stuff, it's just really, really interesting. And how, and then it just, I don't know, like there was the one, one gentleman, I forget what it was. And he just like gave up after a while. Yeah, was it the, the guy who used to be in charge of the yes. mutual UFO network? Yeah, yeah. he was just like, oh, all right. Yeah, and it was a little disappointing, you know. Yeah. But the the um even like with this book, and so now with the other, you, I also saw you just tweeted something about you have another book coming out. Oh yeah, just now, just the announcement came out this morning. Yeah, I'm working on a book about nuclear weapons and nuclear science next, that's which the, is a whole gotta, other wormhole. Yeah. It's got to be a whole other wormhole too. That's got to be great, but um. So now, so you write, so how, what was your experience? Like, it sounds so cool. Like you went camping there and stuff. Just tell me about how fun that was or not. No, it was very fun. I love camping. I, uh, yeah, you know, when it, we, books are long and I feel like you got to entertain yourself while you're writing them. And so right. I thought, and you know, this was pre-pandemic, so it was easy to go places. So I was like, well, why don't I go experience all these places that are famous to UFO people? Right. Like, Roswell and Area 51 and, uh, you know, mysterious telescopes that get evacuated by the FBI. And I was like, any place that I could go and any person who I could meet in in person, um, you know, that's what I love about it. Like, I like writing, but I also just love meeting new people and seeing new places. Yeah. And and so how were they? Like, even, even, don't name the kooky ones by name, but, but like, I don't know. It's just like, how interesting, like, how interesting were they? And like, was it to a point that you can actually start to see their point of view? You know, when some people have like a completely wacky point of view and then they talk and you're like, wow, maybe they're not <laughs> off, you know, <laughs> like, did you experience any of that or? Yeah, definitely. Well, I was talking to the people who were true believers, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, there was, you know, a, a woman here in Colorado where I live who who is a, a field investigator for MUFON, the Mutual New UFO yeah. Network, or yeah, like one of the people who works at the UFO Watchtower. I did kind of sometimes feel like maybe they just know something that I don't that, you know, and they have had personal experiences and I haven't really had like a personal experience with a UFO. And so I can definitely understand how if you saw something that you thought that you couldn't explain and that was inexplicable, that that would just totally change you in like an almost religious way. And so I did understand it, even though I don't feel that way myself, I think. You don't think that there's something out there? Oh, I don't not think that there's something out there. I'm just uh, withholding judgment for now. Yeah, I can understand that because it's it's then there's also the part of the the whole like the whole UFO thing where it's like the reverse engineering. Mm -hmm. And like that, there's just so many different things like that's very interesting also. And and like like when you were saying in the book, like that one particular part where it was all restricted and you're like, oh, they could probably going to nail me for like going through here. Well, I'm just going to say this. And like nobody even bothered. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I guess maybe because people are just like, it, it's pretty much sounds like a pretty peaceful thing. Like nobody's really going crazy and storming like different sites just to go and be destructive. No, I don't think so. I think, I mean, I think most people who are really interested in uh, in UFOs and space mysteries and stuff are just 
interested and they want to know the answers. They don't want to, you know, if they found a, a UFO that somebody was a reverse engineering, they don't want to destroy it. They just right. They they're like respectful it. of their of their beliefs, which is almost like and when you say that at the um what is it at the UFO watchtower, it's almost like a religious experience. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, so how was that? Like, so I saw in the book, like she has the thing that it it protects the vortex almost. Yeah, yeah, there's like a a garden of objects just outside the UFO watchtower, which you can stand on and look for UFOs. And then there's just this kind of swirling mass of just objects that people had in their cars that they left there because you're supposed to like leave something with a piece of your energy there. And so there's like ballpoint pens and credit cards, which you shouldn't leave. Oh, yeah. And, And like now now there's a bunch of hand sanitizer bottles and stuff like that. But just like everybody who's been there just like leaves a little piece of themselves. And, you know, I don't think there's probably energy vortices going to other galaxies there but like it's it's yeah. cool to see like a little piece of everybody who's been there it's it's interesting it's it's it, it has to be interesting and it and it's like they have a um a belief you know that they really want to because it, i live on uh on long island in new york and there's a vortex out um out out west like towards like long beach mm-hmm. and there's a church there and supposedly when you pray at the church and there's a vortex i don't know it didn't seem to work for me but you know, I still don't totally understand what a vortex is, to be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of, there's like a scientific term for it, but then there's also, it's almost like a spiritual term for it. Mm-hmm. That, that's what it, you know, that's how I uh, I almost interpret it. Now, when you were doing your second book, what interested you in Jill Tarter other than the movie Contact? Yeah, I just, you know, after I saw Contact, it was like a long time before I realized the main character was based on this real person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, I'd, I'd grown up, I wasn't 12 anymore. And I had learned about this thing called radio astronomy, which I thought was right. very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, you're studying the universe with telescopes, but it's parts of the universe that you right. can't see. It's invisible. And I thought that was so cool. And I thought it was very cool that, you know, she had spent her life looking for invisible, invisible signals from potential extraterrestrials far away and that no matter how many times people told her no don't do that that's a bad career idea she just kept going and I don't know I respect stubborn people especially when they're nice and she's both both of those things and yeah so she's a nice somebody to respect just just because of not that what she did but she just has to be happens to be a generally nice person Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And one of and one of the first, uh, you know, she's kind of a pioneering woman in radio astronomy in general. Like there weren't really very many people, and so she was just like breaking down all kinds of barriers. Well, I can imagine too, especially at that, like what, like at that time, you know, there wasn't very many women doing anything other than that. It was like kind of like a, you just t- like putting your toe in the water. You were going to be the pioneer. Mm-hmm. So for yeah, you know, like you said, for somebody, to, especially science you know, anything that that was interesting too, because they have those, like, I was, I was started to read it and like, it almost reminded me of um, when the people listen to whales and dolphins. Yeah. Like, it's like now any of the, like, so what do you think about that though? Like, has there any, has there been any like radio contact thing that people are really questionable about? You know, every little while, maybe once every Recently, once every couple of years, there's some signal that kind of bursts from space that they that they either never identify or have a hard time identifying. Like there was one 
recently, I think that was in the, the, in the news that came from like the nearest star system and was just like a burst. And then it went away and people thought, you know, there's planets there. Maybe there's aliens like as close by as they could be. And so there's things like that. And, you know, the, I don't know if you've heard of the wow signal from a long time ago. No, no. What is that? That's actually cool. Uh, it was uh, at a telescope at a university in Ohio. They just caught this big burst of something that looked like maybe it was created by technology far, far away, and then they could never see it again. So the problem is, you know, you see something once, you can never follow it up. Right. You can't figure out very much more than you already know about it. And so they all just remain kind of mysteries. A lot of times they're like satellites or military things or whatever, but just, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, Did you ever get a telescope and look up in the sky? Yeah, I actually, I got a telescope from my aunt from my high school graduation. Uh, (laughs) And then I just got another one recently that I'm still figuring out kind of how to, how to use. Since I was in, I studied radio astronomy, which, you know, you can't see and you can't really have a radio telescope at your house. So I was never actually very good at constellations or telescopes, even though I studied astronomy. So I'm trying, I'm trying to learn. No, but that's pretty cool because my niece is um, three. Mm-hmm. And my sister got her a telescope. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just got her a book. It's like, you know, the stars or something. Cause she's, she's in, you know, she likes stuff like this, which is that's, it's funny because I'm like, maybe I'll get a telescope. And then I'm looking, I'm like, well, they seem like a bit complicated. Maybe I'll just go on Reddit and watch people's pictures. I think that's good. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a, there's a, there's a new kind of telescope um, that actually makes really good pictures like it kind of takes a long exposure and just puts it in your eyes so that you can see images like you would from a professional telescope just in your backyard it's very expensive I don't have one but yeah I would know that the good ones are but so like when you look have you ever seen anything like other than um like did you ever see like the international space Station? I always get the thing when the flyover is coming by yeah yeah I uh I've seen the space station a few times and and I uh I saw um, and I talk about this a little bit in the book. Um, I was up in Wyoming watching the solar eclipse um, a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, I was just, I was camping again, always camping uh, with <laughs> with friends. And we were just looking at the stars right before we were going to bed. And then all of a sudden this one thing just kind of comes across the sky. And then the spotlight beam just kind of sweeps over and seems to point at us. And I was like, what is happening? Oh, this yeah. Is but it's um, it's a satellite called an Iridium satellite. It's a, cons- okay. a, a communication satellite. And when the sun shines on its panels, you know, it's kind of like the ISS where it just kind of oh, that's like gotta, it's beaming at you. Yeah, that's got to be pretty cool, though. So, like, now back when, when a lot of people go to, like, um, to watch, like, see, like where the um, UFO watchtower is, right? Could it possibly be explained that maybe it's just... You know, there's so much like there's I don't know. It's just like there's so much stuff there. Like nobody has an answer as to why all these lights appear there. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. The where the watchtower is in the San Luis Valley in Colorado, there's um, at least at one time that there were the most sightings like per person there of anywhere. And I think I mean, a lot of it is, you know, when I started working on this book, I started looking up more, obviously, and see and there's like all kinds of stuff up there going on if you pay attention there is if you when um, you get this the uh on your iphone if you get the this the thing with the what's up there you'll see there's like 150 different satellites like in two seconds mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. all up there it's like yeah. crazy yeah there's lots of stuff going on and i think yeah if you go someplace like the watchtower it's this big 
wide, very dark valley and you could just see so much more of it. So, you know, like maybe there's something strange going on or maybe you can just right. see more of the regular stuff. That's, that's what, yeah, on. yeah. Cause it's, it, there's like, and I was looking to, there's a lot of places like in New York now, like they're saying like upstate New York, they're seeing a few more and stuff. And it's interesting. Cause I would like to, you know, I, it, like I can see some of these people a little bit on the fringe, yeah. you know, and, uh, but um makes them ha- like the the watchtower i went on i went on the website right and the what the ufo watchtower not the other watchtower i went on the uh <laughs> I went, yeah, don't go to that one <laughs> no i mean you can there's nothing wrong with it you know but uh don't come to my house and knock on my door because i'm not going to be home um they said that the gps was giving wrong directions like that's what i love mm-hmm. on the website it says the gps gives you the wrong directions and it like it tells you the right way you know, and it's like, so I was like, oh, I would like make it like they must be interfering. Like, why don't you make it something hokey and say the aliens are interfering with, you know, <laughs> uh, with the uh, <laughs> with the satellite or whatever, with the GPS. Um, so now did you know you obviously spoke to Jill Tarter. Mm-hmm. And so how did she feel about you writing a book about her after Jodie Foster portrayed her in the movie, which you probably didn't know? <laughs> Um, which is kind I, of a cool person to portray. Like you could mm-hmm. have somebody lame, like, and you'd be like, Oh, that one, you know? Yeah. But Jodie Foster is good. And actually while they were making the movie, Jodie Foster would talk to Jill Tarter about like what it was like to be. A oh, radio yeah, yeah. And so was cool. uh, yeah. It was, uh, she had been thinking for a while about writing an autobiography, like writing her own book about her life, but she hates writing. And so when I came along and said, yeah. you know, I'll do, I'll do it for you. I'll write about your life. Um, she, it took a little while to convince her that I could write a whole book, but uh, I did. And then she was on board and, um, you know, her big thing, which I was grateful for coming from the journalism perspective was that she was very pro having somebody, she said she wanted a warts and all portrayal. So not just, you know, you know, me being her microphone of who she thinks she is, but like really observing what was going on and trying to portray her true personality. So, you know, there's some, there's some parts of it that she's not super happy with, like that she's not thrilled that I talked to her ex-husband about what he thinks about their divorce and things like yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but other than that, you know, she she wanted it to be true and not just, uh, you know, praise all around, so. Yeah, and the, well, see, that's the other thing too. Now, um, because again, you want a true and accurate portrayal and, it, and you know, listen, you have to talk to people about their divorce because it tells you a lot about them. If the guy's willing to talk about it and he, you know, it, it could, it could really, it, it could, even though it's not, it might not have been amicable, it shows you what kind of person it is. And she actually, obviously, you know, went through and got over it. Wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, divorce. Um, <laughs> what made you, so you studied astronomy in college. What was that like? Uh, it was great. I'd wanted to be an astronomer, yeah, forever since I was a little kid. And so I was interested in, in this radio astronomy stuff. And uh, astronomy was more physics than I thought it would be before I <laughs> went to college. It's a, just a ton of physics classes and it was, you know, it's hard. Um, it's very, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot of physics. It's a lot of like writing software, which I also didn't know. Wow. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I loved, I loved like learning about the universe and being able to like calculate things about black holes or dark matter or things that seem so abstract. But, uh, in the end, I, uh, you know, I wasn't that into writing software and, and just doing data analysis because I kind of lost track of what I was 
doing it for. Like I would forget that it was about right, you know, right, star right. formation or a black hole. And so that's, that's kind of how I ended up getting out of the research side was because other people are better at that and they can do it and I'll just write about it. Well, yeah. And I can imagine too, after a while, it's like, uh, it's like any other thing. It's like, you know, research can only go so far, mm-hmm. you know, and, and unless you're really, unless you have your heart into it, yeah, it's going to be a very uh, dreary um and I can imagine too, it's probably very easy to, to get lost in stuff like that because it is so interesting that you're like, oh, wow, this is great. And you're so interested in that. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I got to do this about it. Um, yeah. yeah. And you kind of have to stick to, to one topic. Like you go down your own wormhole of just like, you know, studying one particular nebula or like one particular planet. And then, I don't know, I have too many interests to stick to one thing, but I think that's great for people who can just really do a deep dive for their whole career. Yeah. And it's got, I mean, you got to give them um, a lot of credit because it's like, it's all, it's like constant rejection. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's always going to be, that's why I like this topic because, you know, there's people that say, well, you know, why should we, we shouldn't be that arrogant that we think we're the only people out here, Mm -hmm. which I can understand you know, um, and I don't like, you know, I've seen people that look, there was a guy, he looked a little weird. He had the big head. He looked like a typical alien, but he was, in, <laughs> no, but he was, you, in, you found him. <laughs> I think I might've, he was in human form and he used to come in. I worked for Macy's and he would come in every day, you know, walking through the store to go to Starbucks. And I'd say to my friend, Aaron, like, dude, there is, a, he looks like an alien and everybody would laugh at me, but they had to agree with me, you know, but I, I don't know. Like there's uh do you think there might be somebody out here? Like maybe my neighbor? <laughs> Definitely your neighbor. Um, I don't know. You know, I think it's a big universe. There's a lot of planets. There's a lot of chances for life to have developed somewhere out there. And so I think it's possible. But actually, when you talk to biologists instead of astronomers, they're a little bit more pessimistic than astronomers well, they are. Say, yeah, they do yeah. say like, because, but see, when I look at it that way, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, an, as an astronomer, you know more about black holes. Like, I don't even, I couldn't even fathom that. And there, so from your perspective, it's almost like you say, no, there's, it's beyond the black holes. Mm-hmm. Right. And the scientists, they just, you know, they just want to say, no. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting because, yeah, people who are not scientists who are interested in aliens or or life, uh, you know, far out in the universe or visiting here are like they uh, are interested in different data than the the astronomers are, you know, like sightings or personal experiences or things like that. And that kind of stuff is, is not what astronomers, that's not what they deal with. And so it's just kind of like two different worlds, you know? Right. Right. So that's what I'm saying. That's what's so interesting is because like, there can't be any, like, like a lot of uh, scientists will argue and say, no, life can't exist on these other planets the way we see it. But I think like, well, yeah, but you only see it so far and astronomers, astronomers going to take it further and look for that extra thing. Yeah, maybe in this like part of the universe, mm-hmm. nothing can, you know, sustain with the atmosphere and everything like that. Um, but with other parts, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we only ever we only know what we know and science gets things wrong and changes all, all the time. Like the history of science is the history of being wrong about things. Well, that's right. That's the deal. You got to be wrong to be right. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, so what, what do you think about the, uh, the, the whole reverse technology thing? Mm -hmm. 
I haven't seen any evidence that that is going on. I mean, we have the story from the guy named Bob Lazar right. who says that he worked inside Area 51 and was was working on reverse engineering a spacecraft, but we don't really have any evidence to support his story, just his story. But you can't, you know, you can't prove it wrong because they don't let they don't let me into Area 51. They don't let you in Area 51. And so it gets to hang around. So I don't know. I think that um I think it's un- unlikely that's that's going on. Um, but that said, I would be thrilled if it was, and I would like for them to tell me about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> just it, it just seems like a it's a hard concept to grasp because I guess it, it's, it, that's the problem with a lot of this stuff is like you're going on somebody's word, mm-hmm. you know. And and now, like you said, even if you were to try to take a camera, and it's not gonna it's not gonna grab it at at you know all at one shot. You know, mm-hmm. um, I just think that that was uh, I just think the whole thing is interesting just from a different perspective, because it's not just the kooky people that believe in UFOs. It's really people that study it, mm-hmm. you know, like you and and, you know, granted, you saw that there was more to it than you were interested in. But there are people out there that study it. And it's just, you know, you don't want to crush anybody's dreams. Um, I just like the way like they made what is it like they made the bars like, you know, campy. Yeah. You know, the alien, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they embrace it. And I think that's, you know, there's, there are some alien conspiracies that people get worked up about. Like, I think at least one of the big people at the the riot at the Capitol um, a Mm -hmm. few weeks ago believed in the alien, alien conspiracies and, and um, you know, it can, it can lead down some dark roads, but for the most part, it's a pretty harmless thing to believe in exactly most people whether they think ufos are aliens like a lot of people i can't remember the specific number but there was a poll the majority of people believe that our government is hiding something about ufos that it knows more than what they're telling us even if that's not about aliens and so like yeah yeah common yeah what like the navy the navy pilots (sighs) yeah so like there could be things like that and you know like you don't know what they are Mm-hmm. They could be drones from another country, but like you and you heard you saw those guys, and it was like if I was in there with them, like, oh my god, you see that? Like mm-hmm. they were astonished about it too. It's just, you know. Yeah, but they didn't sound scared, which is what I can't understand. Like if I were flying a fighter jet and I saw something I didn't understand, I would be excited, yeah, but also like freaked out because yeah, I'm but those very guys fast. are trained differently. That's true. You have to remember. I'm not trained at all. Right. Those (laughs) guys are trained not to like they're trained so that when they lose where they they can they they can go upside down and not lose their sense. Mm -hmm. There's a a word for that. Not not equilibrium, but there's a word that they, you know, with the G force or whatever. Yeah, we would be like, what? You know, (laughs) that's why we're not flying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, yeah. I can't barely drive a car, you know. But uh, I have to honestly say, Sarah, I really appreciate you doing this. I know you have another interview and I and that's great. And I do want to get I do want to speak to you again about um, the nuclear thing, because that's got to be. cool. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I'm just getting started. But once I know more. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, what's really cool. Remember the uh, the documentary on HBO with Chernobyl? Oh, yeah. I watched that. I want to go back. I want to go visit that place. There's mm-hmm. the, those old people living there. They're like, they're growing tomatoes. They're having a great time. <laughs> they're like, yeah, a little bit of stuff, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 
right? Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. As soon as uh, as soon as we can fly lots of places, let's take a take a nuclear tourism trip. Uh, That's a great idea. And you yeah. were I, I'm 55. I was in college when uh, Chernobyl happened. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. everything was shut. They shut up. They didn't say anything. You would watch the news. There was no CNN then. You'd watch the news and it was like, yeah, it was a minor little accident. Like there was a leak. And then like four <laughs> days later, you were like, holy shit, are you kidding me? You know? So it's like yeah. a really interesting, cause we were kept in the dark about it for so long. Mm-hmm. So now when you see it, um, but yeah, that's another great topic too. Um, but again, I wish you a lot of luck with, with everything. And you are a phenomenal writer. Your book is available on Amazon. It is. I have the Kindle. That's why I brought you up on the screen. I did the Kindle version. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. 